All right, welcome to our inaugural episode of Claire Deloon Presents, an erotic podcast that um, will include, right now, I'm just going to do some reading of Anise Nin just to get us started, and after that I'd kind of like to um, get some feedback from you and see what is you'd like to hear. I'm, I'm sort of thinking of real experiences, uh, dreamed experiences, question and answers, that kind of thing. But today, I'm going to read some of these, and these are just some um, snippets that have been taken out of her book, um, The Delta of Venus. And uh, it has drawings in it from Judy Chicago, who was a second wave feminist and artist from the 1970s. The first um, thing I would like to read is just a small quote from her unpublished diary that says, in devotion to others, a cover for the hungers and the needs of self of which one is ashamed. I was always ashamed to take, so I gave. It wasn't a virtue, it was a disguise. And that's a pretty radical thing for a woman to say back in the 70s. It's not as radical now. Um, we as women, and fortunately me as especially a mature woman, um, aren't afraid to take um, and to say, I need this. This is what I need in order for me to come or in order for me to feel good or in order for me to share this experience fully with you. Um, but anyways, I kind of like that and I thought it was a good place to start with her. The other um, thing is a sentence by Judy Chicago and it's her very first sentence in this book and it says, history was not always been kind to Anise Nin. Within a year of her death, there was a perfume produced called Anise Anise, as if all that was left of Anine's life and work was the erotic aroma of a memory. And I absolutely love those five words. Five, close enough. The erotic aroma of a memory. Um, that's just amazing. It just makes me think of so many things that produce erotic memories to me and um, or even just memories themselves, right? Like fresh baked bread or um, the scent of a Christmas tree or, or those things that scent and aroma um, are, are, are so such important parts of our memory and they can either bring memory up um, be those good or bad. Second thing about that is I did own a niece and niece perfume. It was given to me um, as a gift, so I just think that's uh, coincidental. I'm just going to start at the very beginning of these little snippets that she has um, and just go that way. I'm going to go, I thought I'd do the podcast for maybe 20 minutes tops. That seems like um, a good little time, so hopefully I won't go over that. I'm unknown to do that. <laughs> All right. Her sex was like a giant hothouse flower, and the hair around it abundant and curled 
glossy black. It was those lips that she rouged as if they were a mouth, very elaborately, so that they became blood-red camellias. Opened by force, showing the closed interior, a paler, fine-skinned core of a flower. With her fingers, she opened the two little lips of the vulva. The other free hand she continued to caress. From somewhere, a salty liquid was coming, covering the wings of her sex. Between those, it now shone. He parted the opening of her sex with two fingers. He feasted his eyes on the glowing skin, the delicate flow of honey, the hair curled around his fingers. His mouth grew more and more avid as he bit into her flesh with such a delicious sensation. He felt in her a quiver of pleasure, and now their two mouths melted into each other, seeking the leaping tongue. Oh, I like this one. The head of the penis is a strawberry. That's the illustration. Uh, she came closer, her lips parted slightly and delicately, very delicately. She touched the tip of his sex with her tongue. She kissed it, enclosing in her lips like some marvelous fruit, and he trembled. Then teeny drop of milky white, salty substance dissolved in her mouth, the precursor of desire. She was on her hands and knees, looking between her legs at the mirror. He crouched over her like a giant cat, and his penis went into her. He raised her ass with his two hands and fell onto her. The others found them all entangled in the rug. In this photo, she's got like a mirror, which I never even thought of this, like a round mirror underneath her so that she could see everything. That's pretty cool. That's a good idea. Her sexual hunger was rising like madness in her head, blinding her. The honey was pouring from her. As he pushed, his penis made little sucking sounds. All the air was drawn from, his, from the womb, and he swung in and out of the honey, endlessly touching the tip of her womb. I love that feeling. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I mean, you can feel it so deep. Um, she had never caressed a woman. She had sometimes thought to herself how marvelous it would be to caress a woman the roundness of the ass, the softness of the belly, that particular soft skin between the legs, and she had tried caressing herself in her bed in the dark just to imagine what it must feel to touch a woman. Sometimes she raised herself a little so that she kept only the head of the penis in her sex, and she moved lightly, very lightly, just enough to keep it inside touching the edges of her sex, which were red and swollen. And she clasped the penis like a mouth, then suddenly moving downwards, engulfing the whole penis, and gasping with joy, she would fall over his body. Oh, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Slipping in again, she begged. At the back of the womb, there lay flesh that demanded to be penetrated. It curved inwards, open to suck. The flesh walls moved like sea an anemones. Oh, saying that wrong. I know what they are, but I can't say it. Seeking bisection to draw his sex in. 
sorry, there's there's a lot of pictures to getting through it, but they're worth it. And they're very interesting. Maybe what I'll do is I'll put um, the pictures either, if you can put them here, or when I put the link for the podcast, I'll add some of the pictures. All right. Then he kissed her, his two hands on her breasts. He kissed her neck where the veins were palpitating and her throat, his hands around her neck as if he would separate her head from the rest of her body. His caresses had a strange quality, times soft and melting and other times fierce or something animal-like about his hands. Gotta say, this girl knows how to write. He will unbutton my blouse very slowly and I will feel his hands unbuttoning each button and touching my breasts. Little by little, they come out of my blouse and then he will love them and suckle at the nipples like a child, hurting me a little with his teeth and I will feel this creeping over my whole body, untying each little tight nerve and dissolving me. Don't you know that feeling of being dissolved? Like when you're just so, it's so intense and, oh yeah, you just feel like you've dissolved, like you're a puddle. <laughs> I don't know, can't describe it now, but I can sure feel it. He imagined himself taking the panties off her body. The feeling was so vivid that he had an erection. He began to touch himself as he continued to kiss the panties. It seemed to him that he was touching her flesh. Suddenly, he had an ejaculation. Her hand continued to move slowly, slowly around and over his pubic hair. A finger sought a tiny rivet between the hair and the sex where the skin was smooth, sought every sensitive part, slid along his penis, pressed his balls. She crouched over his face and held her dress so that it fell and covered his head. With his two hands, he held her buttocks like a fruit and passed his tongue along the mounts over and over again. She saw his erect penis vibrate with each gasp of pleasure he uttered. He watched her powder herself under the arms and slip the powder puff into her dress between her breasts. He saw her emerge from the bath, half covered by her kimono, her legs naked, and he watched her pull on her very long stockings. He loved her garters to grip her very thigh so that the stockings almost touched her lips. They fell, three bodies in accord, moving against each other to feel breast against breast and belly against belly. They ceased to be three bodies. They became all mouths and fingers and tongues and senses. Their mouths sought another mouth, a nipple, a clitoris. They kissed and kissed until kissing became torture. Ah, love that feeling. Don't you? Mm. She saw them caressing each other with their eyes and pressing their knees together under the table. There was such a current of love between them that she was taken into it she just saw his feminine body dilating. She saw his face open like a flower, his eyes thirsty, his lips wet. I think my lips would be wet too. 
I thought what a pleasure it would be to draw the lines of this young man. It was a chain. Sorry. I thought what a pleasure it would be to draw the lines of this young man. It was a strange experience. If I drew his head, neck, and arms, all was well. As soon as my eyes roved over the rest of his body, I could see the effect on him. His sex had an almost imperceptible quiver. I was tormented with desire. When his fever rose, his breath was like that of some legendary bull galloping furiously into a delicious gorging, goring without pain. Gore, goring, it seems like it should say gorging. Goring uh, furiously into a delirious goring, a goring without pain, a goring which lifted her body almost from the bed, raised her sex in the air as if he would thrust right through her body and tear it leaving her only a wound of ecstasy and pleasure which rent her body like lightning. No, that can't be the last one. Oh, I feel like there's one more. But you know what? There's not. Oh, there is. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is a fold-out. Definitely gonna have to. All right. She felt the orgasm coming and called out to him to increase his thrusts so that they could come together. They reached orgasm together, his penis quivering as it spurted semen and her womb quivering from the darts, which were like flickering tongues of fire. All right, Anise. All right. That was pretty darn nice. Okay. So, we got through that little book. I don't know. I don't know if that's the kind of thing you want to hear. It got me started. It um, allowed me to, um, you know, get through this, the start of whatever this podcast is going to be. So, um... Yeah, you'll have to let me know. Uh, obviously, I will have times where I talk about personal experiences. And like I say, we can, yeah, we can kind of guide this on our own as to where we want to be. Uh, I really like um, erotic um, readings, texts. I love oral. Now I love oral typical oral but I also love oral like a-u-r-a-l um for example that sound like when someone um, takes off their jeans and then the the uh, buckle hits the floor I don't know why but that sound is just like immediately every sense in my body goes ching um yeah I don't know there's so many different different little sounds that the gasp of of somebody when they come or uh, just that breathing that quickens right when you can hear it um, quicking quickening therefore I like lovers that um, are noisy as I call them um, I'm just learning believe it or not to kind of talk dirty now um, I feel a lot more free to do so. Um, 
but yeah so that's kind of me we're only at 16 minutes but I think we'll stop it there and uh, we will come together next time hi welcome to our second podcast um for Claire Delune presents where we read some erotic um literature uh, that I've been finding some classics and then I've also been making a list of of some new ones and open to recommendations some people sent in some recommendations so that was great um, and people also asked about sort of me personally what started me on this journey and um, you know sort of what my background is so uh, as as I say in my bio I'm 53 years old and so I started, I'm an artist who's always used my body um, in a feminist political way. So um, purely really because I am an older, um, fleshier body, then um, it it's political in itself because it's sort of inferred in life that I shouldn't feel sexy, that I shouldn't feel desirable. Um, and I, I guess my activism within that is, um, saying, yeah, I am. So when I present my body, I present it in a sexualized way, I guess, right? I'm, I'm posting nude on, on Reddit and Tumblr and um, I post on Instagram and now on OnlyFans. So um, it's definitely in a sexualized way. I like to think that I do it in um, an interesting way, an arty way, if you will, um, because that's still really important to me. So I want to... um, I want to be sexy in the pictures that I present. I want... um, you to be able to enjoy them. Um, but also I still, I still need to feel, um, feed my creative side and, and then what makes me feel sexy within that. So I like to play also with costume and, um, different poses and editing the pictures up to make them kind of fun and, and that kind of thing. So I guess I've always been, um, I don't know if a sexual person is, is right, but I've been described as vivacious and, um, voluptuous and, um, everyone thinks I'm really outgoing, whereas half the time I'm, I'm just so nervous inside, but I think I present myself well. Um, I always have liked, um, dressing up. So I, I like the heels. I like nylons. I like lingerie. Um, I like all those things. So that is, um, part of what sort of came into my artwork and then what has come into, to now that is, has turned into a monetary thing for me. That's especially helping during this pandemic time with, um, starting with OnlyFans. So I would say making that jump to OnlyFans definitely is, is a different, um, recognition in the process of of where I was going what I was doing it was making a definite choice to now take something that was an art project for me um, and turning it now into something that I was very aware was monetary Um, 
and so and wondering sort of how that worked and and why would anyone subscribe to my channel when they can get um, porn free, right? And there are still, of course, thousands of people that that do that, and that's cool. Um, I have sure appreciated people who have subscribed and have supported um, and have recognized um, that there is value in the work that I do. There is value in what I put together and what I present. Um, and that's nice. That's a really nice feeling of feeling valued and having um, your art valued. And, and also, I mean, I'm not going to lie, especially when I first started on Reddit. Um, I started anonymously. I would blur out my tattoos and not show my face and, um, and do my poses. And let's see, when did that change? I'm not exactly sure when that changed, but there was sort of the philosophy that if someone sees me on there, then that means they're on there. And so what does it matter? Right. It, it, um, this is me, this is what I'm doing. And I then just showed my face, showed my tattoos and was very open about who I was and what I was doing. Um, but I was still really nervous. I still, when I came to that, had lots of um, things about my body that I was very self-conscious of. Um, all the things basically that we've been taught aren't okay. Um, so probably the one I was most self-conscious of is my tummy. Um, and then when I posted pictures of it, um, very purposefully, because that's part of the art is to present this body um, as it looks, there were people who love a big squishy belly. <laughs> and so I, I got to accept that part of myself. Same thing with cellulite. And um, my arms, I've always had a thing about my arms, and now I'm wearing my arms bare. It's so the feedback from those that were commenting on Reddit and Tumblr definitely boosted my confidence. So it's not um, it's not that I need that in order to feel confident in myself. I think, you know, I definitely, like I say, present myself confidently. But there definitely is things that you, I had in my mind that were unattractive, are unattractive to some people, absolutely. Um, everyone has their own thing, right? And so... I'm definitely unattractive. I think it was Dita Von Teese that said, um, you can be the juiciest, tastiest, sweetest peach. And there's people who hate peaches. <laughs> and so I think that's sort of what um, I've come to is this acceptance of who I am. Um, being surprised how many people um, not only accept, but um, really enjoy and and think I'm really beautiful um and uh so yeah so there's kind of that that process I guess and so it's it's definitely sort of been something that's that's come around so I still do um consider my work and I still paint and I still do photography of all sorts but this my art project did kind of morph into this thing that's grown bigger than I ever thought it would for sure and um, now I'm doing this podcast that's so that's kind of trippy right 
So probably I'm, I'm going to um, kind of cut this podcast short, like our little conversation um, now so that, um, um, yeah, I think this is probably a good time, time to do it. So I, I will cut the podcast now and then I will um, start again and do some reading and make that the next episode that, so that uh, this one's just a little five minute blurb about me. And um, I hope it kind of gives you a background and I don't know, maybe I, maybe I'll have to listen to it and see if I should be adding different parts. I'll have to remember some of the questions that people were asking me. Anyways, I hope you're having a good time if you're Canadian, which I am. Um, I hope you had a good Canada Day, as, as complicated as that holiday is for us. Um, but, uh, and I guess in the States is coming up there July 4th, um, which I'm sure has. Anyways, which is a big celebration for the States. So, but I know there's people all over the world that are around and that hear and listen. And thank you. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. <laughs> thank you for, um, your compliments, your, um, appreciation, your financial appreciation. Uh, those things mean a lot to me. So yeah, thanks. This is more than just only fans. This is also sort of a journey and it's really cool to meet, meet people along the way. Um, guys are pretty awesome. <laughs> Cheers.